2: If tomorrow was your last day, would you feel as though you have maximized your potential? How would you describe your perfect day with no limitations? How can you work towards achieving something as close to this, if not exactly that? And what is your dream life? Where is it? Who's there with you? And what does your Saturday look like versus a Monday? These are some of my favorite questions from the What Fulfills You card game and I created this card game with the intention to help you on your journey of personal growth as actually all of these questions in this card game are questions that helped me in my own personal growth journey in my 20s. But even more than that, these questions help cultivate more purposeful and meaningful conversations, whether it's with your colleagues, your close friends, or date night. I love to play this on a night in with a few glasses of wine. Or now that it is spring and summer season, I think it's just so fun to bring this with you when you're hanging out at the park, especially for my fellow New Yorkers who like to hang out in Central Park, have a cheese board and just have some deep conversations. You can shop the card game online at whatfulfillsyou.com and since you are a listener of the show, you can get 10% off your purchase with the code whatfulfillsyou10 at checkout. That's whatfulfillsyou10 at checkout at whatfulfillsyou.com. Enjoy! Hello, hello everyone! Welcome back to another episode of the What Fulfills You podcast. My name is Emily Elizabeth, I'm your host, and today's topic is going to be very interesting because it's not something I have verbalized publicly, I guess, as much. It's just always something I've kept to myself, something I've always personally believed in. And as I have openly shared this approach, thought process, theory, whatever you want to call it, to some of my friends and hearing their feedback on it. uh, I was pushed to try to share this with other people because it could be helpful to other women. And so I will just uh, put it out there that um, not everyone will agree with me. Uh, and, And this is just, again, something that I personally utilize in my own life and you don't have to take it into yours and you don't have to necessarily even agree with the reason why I've come to this three bucket approach. But if you are curious, then definitely keep listening. But before we get into everything, I want to share a quick recap of gratitude as of the last few weeks, as well as just a little bit of life updates because I do know for those of you who follow on Instagram, and listen to this podcast. A lot of you guys share that you want a little bit of more personal touch in the beginning, so definitely going to share that. But in case you didn't know, I actually recently just came back from Italy. I did a partial solo trip over there where I went to Rome, hung out in Rome for literally only 24 hours by myself, which was really fun because um, I actually ended up going on a random date that night. The, The night I was there, it was, spur of the moment and I think I should probably do a total separate podcast on this and just another updated version of solo travel and knowing how to feel safe and whatnot but I realize this happens to me pretty often where I just have the craziest stories of meeting people in different places and getting asked out or uh, doing different things but basically i was walking home from dinner and if you've ever been to rome or any similar type of city it is a walking city it's you know a lot of people are around i felt very safe so i wasn't worried about this and i will touch on again another separate episode on just knowing how to read the room per se and and knowing if you feel like, okay, this is dangerous versus I'm fine. And obviously in my case, I felt completely fine, but I was walking home from dinner, like I said, and uh, picked up some gelato because I just had to. And as I was eating this gelato, I realized I was pretty much having the energy of like a little kid when you get your ice cream. And I was just so like warm and giggly and just like happy because I'm in Rome by myself and just hanging out. And the following day I was going to meet my friend Elia who's been on the podcast and he lives in Italy at the moment and he's also Italian. And yes, guys, he is. Seriously, just a friend, I do know some of you also messaged me on Instagram, it's like, oh my god, like, you know, is that your boy, whatever, no, he's not, he's actually genuinely a very close friend of mine, and we met many years ago back in LA, so there's a lot to our friendship, but yeah, basically, there was this guy, he's from Germany, and he, you know, made eye contact with me on my walk, like, home from dinner, and by this point, I was in the main parts of Rome, anyways, and um, you know, I kind of had a gut feeling that he might return and like, f- kind of like follow me to like get my attention because we were walking opposite ways, if that makes sense, and like we made eye contact as I'm walking one way and he's walking the opposite way, so I kind of had that in mind. I was like, I don't know, maybe just from experience, I was like, okay, I feel like this guy is gonna like turn around and possibly come up to me. But he didn't within five minutes. So I was like, okay, like he's probably not going to. So I remember at one point I paused for a period because I was listening to this musician on the street and I was just enjoying it. Then I finished my gelato, threw it away. And in that process, I remember hearing someone say, excuse me, and I didn't know if it was towards me. So I didn't like turn. And then he said it again. And then I turned around and I was like, not surprised to see him, you know? And I guess this is where I certainly know quite a few friends of mine would get creeped out because, yes, he he followed you. And mind you, this was like, I don't know, fucking like 300, 400 feet, you know? But it did take him probably a little bit longer than he should have. And, and I made that comment to him too when I turned around. I was like, oh, hi, because I recognized him. And I'm like, you followed me. But I wasn't scared, if that makes sense. He was by himself too. He was a solo traveler and he was leaving the next day. But we just had a brief conversation and i would say before i get into the topic of this podcast that's probably the period if you are ever solo traveling and you get to this point and also maybe it's a little different again i am just i'm 25 26 like i was about to say 25 but no i just turned 26 but i'm at an age where like i have that experience if you're listening and you're 21 22 23 like, yes i i understand where that could feel riskier i don't know if i would have done the same thing at the age of 22 so just putting that out there but yes reading the room having a five minute conversation with him on the street just like chatting that's where i can really gauge his energy his intention you know what kind of person he is and this just again comes with people experience to be honest so in that five minutes i was like oh okay he's he's fine he's cool So he was like, do you want to go get a drink? And I'm like, you know, why not? (laughs) Like, I'm in Rome, um, no harm, no foul. So we went and got a glass of wine. And this guy wasn't even like a big drinker either. So it was really cool because it was just like a, you know, uh, easy conversation. And we talked about a lot of interesting things. We actually talked a lot about personal development, talked about consciousness, and we had a lot of the same thinking. And I guess to wrap that part up, um, I know I, I didn't have any further interest, but it was once again, always worth a good story because um, he was very, like, nice and kind and and good energy. But at the same time, nothing particular that stood out to me that was like, oh, I want to, like, talk to this guy again or see this guy again. And to me, too, even though, yes, he lives in Germany, I, like, that stuff doesn't scare me in terms of distance or finding a way to meet up with someone again. I have always genuinely believed if you really like someone... And, you know, your life circumstances, like nothing drastic is happening in your life. You're going to be able to find a way to see them again. And when you really, really like someone, like that connection just stands out so much. And so, um, you know, from my experience, that does only happen a select few times in life. And uh, for me in particular, I'd say it only has happened like two-ish, three times in terms of like distinct connection. I would say, once again, only been in love twice. And I actually had this conversation with that guy too. Only been in love two times in my life. But uh, I would say like strong, strong feelings for another guy has only happened three times. Anyways, that is such a tangent. Just wanted to share that I came back from Italy recently and I might as well just do a separate episode on that. But I'm really grateful to have been able to just kind of go on a retreat away from New York for a week and also catch up with a friend that I haven't seen in pretty much a year and a half since California and it was just really awesome. Like We, we talked about a lot of different topics, talked about our current dating life, our current goals and visions for our career, our personal life what we foresee for ourselves over the next few years and then also uh, my friend Ellie and I we actually ended up meeting a couple in Florence and they are in their early 80s and it was just such a fantastic conversation you guys learning so much from them on entrepreneurship their love marriage like everything in between it was so cool and so funny enough I'm actually going to be meeting with uh, the husband of that couple uh, in New York in a couple weeks here because he actually travels often uh, to speak at universities, conferences, and he's just a complete philanthropist now. That's what he does. And it was just such a random coincidence to have sat next to them at dinner and then um, continue that conversation afterwards. We got hot chocolate with them at their hotel after. It was just so amazing. And so, yeah, you know, just you got to put yourself out there and got to take up those opportunities when you can. As most of you have probably heard for a while now, I've been consistently drinking Magic Mind because not only does it taste so good, especially if you love a hint of matcha flavor, but this stuff helps me get into my flow state and I always feel a stronger sense of focus, which makes sense since it is a productivity drink. While I love coffee and I do make it every morning, when it comes to preparing for my workflow or wanting something to sip on before I get into my work, I always choose Magic Mind because like I said, it helps me get into my flow state and it makes me feel more focused and productive. The best part is that it is all natural and I'm going to share with you a few key facts and ingredients. Number one, it is known to increase and improve productivity. It has very little caffeine and it only comes from matcha tea. It's a great alternative for coffee if you drink coffee for energy and focus. For me, like I said, I drink it more for just the pleasure of making coffee. So this one is definitely a better alternative if you prefer more of an energy-focused drink. It helps fight off fatigue and brain fog as well as some ADD symptoms. And lastly, it is all natural ingredients including adaptogens, matcha, and nootropics. If you've been considering it for a while, I highly, highly recommend you give this a try. I drink this every single day, no joke, and it comes in a box of 15 and I like it so much, sometimes I drink two in a day, but... Disclaimer, it is not recommended. They do recommend one, but I just truly love it so much. And even better, you can enjoy 20% off your purchase with the code FULFILL at magicmind.co slash FULFILL during checkout. That's FULFILL, F-U-L-F-I-L-L at magicmind.co slash FULFILL. All right, so moving on to today's topic, I'm going to be talking about my personal thoughts and approach in which i call the three bucket approach so technically this is not i don't know anything novel per se and i've never necessarily heard anyone talk about this but i'm also not going to say like oh i created this you know i mean this is just so i don't know like simple to think about but this is literally what i've told my parents and like I said earlier, some of my friends, and this is just always, always, always been my approach, probably since I became an adult, like since I was, I don't know, in college. So the three bucket approach is particularly tailored towards women. And in this three bucket, I frame it around wealth and finances. The reason why I thought about this years ago and now have been bringing it up is because Believe it or not, because again, everyone has different stances and views on this, but I have come across a lot of women who only want to rely on a guy for financial reasons or their wealth or whatever and or rely on them majority so maybe like the girl is still working and she still makes great money for herself or maybe not that much at all okay that ranges but then is still like oh the guy should be providing so wherever you stand on that that is your personal take and personally i genuinely don't care what other people's approaches because to everything in life, to each their own. And by the way too, I will say, this is both something I hear from peers and friends of friends and friends, as well as guy friends, especially like my older guy friends, like in their 30s, who are not maybe like the most financially successful yet, but are running into this wall or problem where their potential girl or maybe past girlfriend, whatever, it was a little bit difficult because the guy wasn't extremely wealthy and the girl wanted or needed someone more extremely wealthy to help kind of with her lifestyle whatever that is okay so hearing that as well especially from a guy friend who basically is is struggling to like keep a girl or to like have success with that girl that he really likes because of views on you know who should be taking care of who and all that kind of stuff definitely hurt you know, hurt, like, me when I was hearing that, like, I, I, I was feeling the pain for the guy, you know, because especially him, one that I'm particularly thinking about, he has great qualities, he treats women really well, even as a friend, he always opens, like, my car door, like, if we're going into an Uber, or whatever, so to me, I'm like, these are character traits I have also, like, not seen in other guys that had a lot of money, But again, that I've maybe dated in the past, but like didn't treat me like this, you know what I mean? So um, it really depends what you're looking for. But personally, I'm always looking for character and how someone treats you and how consistent they do that.
1: So
2: anyways, back to the three buckets. My three bucket approach is pretty much this. Number one, your own bucket, which is your own wealth and your own finances. Number two would be your partner's wealth or their finances. And number three is family wealth. So that being said, in my mind, the only one you can truly rely on is your own bucket. That should be the number one bucket you rely on, you have confidence on, and you feel first because the other two is pretty much if you get lucky or you choose wisely, and especially with the family one, that one, you probably know more so like, as you grow up, right, like I didn't come from any, uh, you know, crazy wealth, like my parents are immigrants and they immigrated here to the US from Vietnam, you know, whatever your parents or your grandparents might leave behind, uh, you can take that into consideration. And of course, even better if you did grow up with, uh, you know, substantial wealth, or you know, your family has, um, you know, some sort of savings for you or maybe for the grandkids, whatever, that's something that is nice to know that is there, right? So that's maybe the the, the two, like your bucket and your family wealth bucket, you might be more aware of and have uh, slightly more control over um, in the earlier years. The partner wealth is where I feel like I see a lot of specific type of women are like going there first. And this is where I find that it's it's a dangerous place because I've always been adamant about approaching life where you can maximize your options. That's even in like job searching, right? You want to maximize your options with job opportunities. So if you have multiple offers, you are in the powerful position, right? You get to choose which job you want, not the other way around where you only have one job offer. So that's your only option, you know what I mean? So same thing in life, especially in the wealth department or the financial bucket, which is quite frankly pretty sensitive and tough for a lot of people. And that's partially why, once again, I became pretty career and I guess financially oriented in my early years because it's something I observed a lot as a teenager is the way people are so reliant on another person and that means they're gonna limit their own options. I'm also not saying, for example, if you are like, okay, fuck that, Emily, I still want a guy to provide mostly for me or like to be able to at least have wealth to provide, I'm not saying cut out that option at all. You know, in fact, like, Personally, I would prefer to have all three buckets too, which is why I have this three bucket approach. But that being said, you don't want it to be a two bucket approach where you only have you know, your husband or your partner's wealth and then your family wealth and then you are like not raking in anything. You know what I mean? Because then that means, let me put it this way. If your partner walks and your family actually didn't leave that much for you, then you're left with nothing. And maybe to backtrack it to speaking out loud, thinking out loud, this is probably in part because my freshman year roommate, I remember her parents were divorced and her father is extremely wealthy. Her grandfather is also extremely wealthy where, you know, like, quite frankly, they they had like a house next to Tom Brady, like that kind of wealth. And her mom um, basically got the short end of the stick because uh, she ended up not pursuing her career, I think, as a lawyer because she got married to her father and I think again this is kind of vague in my mind but pretty much was told like hey you know you don't need to like pursue that like you know we're going to be together whatever so she I think just basically dropped her career pursuit and she told her daughter who was my freshman year roommate don't fucking do that like don't make the same mistake I did so my my roommate was very adamant about ensuring that she had her own career path and she was going to at least be uh, fine on her own. and it's something I said over brunch recently to to my friends. I was like, you want to be in a position where your partner, your male partner doesn't feel like they have some sort of silent power over you because they're the one bringing in majority of the money. And when I say majority, I'm talking like, over 75%, okay, because that just sometimes becomes the case where, you know, in in really bad scenarios, a guy could be like, well, you know, without me, you're nothing, or without me, you wouldn't be able to afford all those things you have, or afford that lifestyle, afford this for the kid, whatever, and you don't want to be in a position, again, my opinion, where you end up staying in something, which actually I think happens a lot in in many, many past generations, again, because of the discrepancy between what women could make and what men were making, but I'm talking like today, you guys, in 2023, that is no longer the case. And so you don't wanna be in that position where you have to stay in something because for the most part, for financial reasons, right? So that's why I'm all about optimizing options. And yeah, like thinking back to my freshman year, this was probably in you know, subconsciously embedded in my head when I heard my roommate say that. I was like, yeah. I wouldn't want to be in that position either because now her mom is, you know, like left with kind of nothing, especially after the divorce. And um, it definitely uh, sucks. But I think my roommate seeing that was, was like, I don't want to be in that position either. I think a comment I made at lunch the other day, I was basically saying like, you know, you want to be able to say with or without him, I can still have this life. And so obviously it's it's nicer to to be able to do it with a person, to have it with a partner, to be able to share that. And I think in an ideal world it's that you bring a pretty even or relatively close like 60/40, 65/35 type of split, like or 50/50 even, right? Whatever it looks like. It, that in an ideal world is is what a balanced partnership would look like on the financial side. Obviously, that's not always going to be the case. And I'm also going to say, too, there are always exceptions where there are amazing people, man and woman, who, you know, one is literally like, okay, I will take care of this financial side. In fact, I actually have a friend from college where her mom, super, super feminine, but actually is, I think, more or less the breadwinner. And the father is more of the stay-at-home dad and kind of takes care of, you know, the kid's, like, sports activities and, like, does the laundry, things like that. And that's something they mutually agreed on. And I if that is okay, 100% is, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, you want it to be where you both want that. But yeah, for other scenarios, I find it pretty common where people are relying on, more so one bucket, or maybe two buckets, but forgetting about their own. And I will say, especially a shout out to fellow child of immigrant parents, or especially Asian kiddos like myself, I don't know about you guys, but I grew up in a, I guess, framework where, you know, um, my mom especially, she tends to believe that women are just not as capable as men and not on the financial side actually because she's done pretty well for herself but it's more just about i think the psychological belief of just just you know from the old school days you know so i'm not going to blame her for thinking that because that's just the generation she was born in especially in asia right like that culture is still very different from america so i don't place any blame on that but That was also another reason why I feel like I grew up very, I I had an older brother, I have an older brother, and I just felt like I was always kind of believed in a bit less because I am a girl. Not necessarily in a negative way, but just almost like a, well, Emily, it's a given, you know? And so we'll help you more if you need to. And I'm like, whoa, hold on, hold on. I don't care about getting help if, if I need it, right? But it's one thing about getting help if I need it versus being given help because we think you're going to be less capable than your brother. And I really, really did not like that belief because I never saw a single difference in capabilities in my older brother versus I to this day, you know, and He's also eight years older, so that's also a significant difference. And and I'm not saying I don't like being taken care of because I want to preface, I will have my own bucket, but at the same time, I definitely... Would love to have a partner that has his substantial bucket, and you know we pair up, and life is great. You know, um, jokes aside, but like I, I'm, you know, I I can go either way, is what I'm saying. I just I wouldn't want to be in a position where I can only choose one path, and then sometimes uh, psychologically you end up having to settle or sit with that especially later on in life when you don't have as much flexibility compared to your 20s where you know that you don't have your own bucket but your partner has a lot and you know that becomes a big part of the decision making. So I guess where I'm going with all of that is ladies if you are listening and whether you are someone that prefers a guy to provide and or have you know, their their finances where they can help pay for most things, that is all fine and dandy. Again, everyone has their own personal preference. I have my own too, okay? I'm gonna be honest, I have my own preferences and that's probably going to be partially what I look for in a long-term partner, but that being said, don't ever forget about your own bucket because if they walk, for example, I'm gonna throw out hypothetical scenarios, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, what if your guy is like super successful, super well off, right? And to be fair, that's how men are measured in the society. Their mate value per se goes up more, not because of their looks, but because of their financial success and or career success, which is often correlated, okay? When men finally like quote unquote make it and maybe you guys met, before then, they might look for another person. And at that point, you're gonna be left with no bucket at all if you don't have your own. You kinda see what I'm saying? There's again, so many freaking scenarios and I surely hope this doesn't happen to anyone who is listening to this, but I'm, I'm just being honest as to one scenario that often happens. Basically by focusing on your bucket and building your own wealth first, You create more opportunities and more options for yourself today and later on. Because if that time ever comes where, you know, maybe it's like you're in a current long-term partnership or marriage and God forbid you guys need to split or go separate ways, there won't be a hard discrepancy about whether you should walk because of finances, right? Or a guy can't ever let money get to his ego and think, oh, this woman needs me so I can be a little bit of an asshole. You know what I mean? Because there's a different level of understanding and respect, especially for those guys with like shitty personalities, right? If they know that you got your own shit and you can walk away whenever you want because you can have that life with or without him, like I said earlier. And honestly, when I think about it, there's a lot of women that I can think of as examples. And again, they're obviously, you know, celebrities or, or public figures per se. I mean, I think Giselle is one of them, the the, the supermodel who was married to Tom Brady. I, I remember seeing memes about, um, like, you know, her walking on a runway, and, and like the meme was saying, like, she can walk away because she has her own money too. And so I think that's just. That's just how it is, like badass, right? Like you you don't need the person. And I'm not saying either to reiterate that it's bad to want a guy to be able to at least meet halfway or more than halfway. In fact, I think that's, that's great, you know? Because to be honest, I don't wanna be like the fucking provider, like the one that's bringing in 70, 80%, I probably, I don't think I want that life either. But I do want to be able to feel confident in having stability and independence on my own as well as in a partnership and or marriage long-term relationship, whatever that looks like. So that is all for today's thoughts. I'm sure I will elaborate more on this three-bucket approach because I have a few friends that want to come on and actually like ask me deeper questions about this. And so if you have additional thoughts or questions around my approach and when it comes to being a woman in today's day and age in her 20s and finding and building independence with uh, finances but other aspects of life feel free to message me on instagram because i would love to use those questions and feedback in upcoming episodes where i can talk and dive more into this so if you're not following the instagram already my instagram is at what fulfills you that's the podcast instagram or my personal one is at emily e. Duong, and everything is linked in the show notes thanks again for tuning in today i will chat with you all in the next one